The following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. Well, welcome, family. It's good to see everybody this morning. I hope you're doing great. Hope you're doing great this morning. There's something about coming early and worshiping God. There's something about worship that I think many in the room would agree that you've experienced that when you worship God and, you, and God meets you. You literally enter into God's presence. It really changes you. Uh, when, we, when we draw near to God, God will draw near to us. That's a promise. So we do our part and God does his part. And there's nothing better than meeting with God because when you meet with God, you are changed from the inside out. When you meet with God, uh, he does more for you than what anybody else can tell you. And so meeting with God is amazing. And I just wanted to say this uh, weekend, I think I have a graphic. I was able to go up to the Chatsworth Mountains this weekend and uh, worship God. I think we have a picture of uh, Chatsworth uh, Mountains. I think I emailed, uh, emailed it to you, Rodrigo. I don't know if you have it, sorry. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that one in a minute, though. Um, hopefully that's not your place. Um, but anyway, I went up to the uh, Chatsworth Mountains. It was really cool. I, I went up there. I brought my Bible, just some water, and I just wanted to seek God press in. I wanted to pray for you guys. I wanted to pray for the church. And so uh, what I, did, I didn't know it was going to be a super windy day. I didn't know that before I started out. But I went up there. It was crazy wind. I think it was like 40-mile-an-hour winds here, but up in the mountains, it was like 60 or 70 or something. But anyway, I'm hanging out on the rock with God, and I'm, I'm in his word, and he's kind of showing me some really cool stuff. I'm writing it down. And I felt that I needed to go up a little higher. So, so I went up a little higher, and I'm in this little spot. And again, I'm just kind of reading the word and praying, and I feel the Lord get, really giving me some good insights that I'm... I'm writing these things down. And, and after that, I, I was looking off to the side, and I noticed that there were these little mountaintops. There were like three of them. One was here, and one was here, and the other one was a little higher. And I thought, you know, if I could get to that, I might be able to jump to the other, and I might be able to jump to the That's what I'm thinking. And so um, I got my backpack filled with water, and I get up in this thing, and I, and I jump across one of them. You know, it's about six, seven feet away, and I'm, I'm on this ridge right here, and I, I look over here, and here's the next one, and, and the next one is higher and further away, and I'm really contemplating this. I'm in the middle of nowhere. No one's around, and all of a sudden, when I'm about to jump, the wind picks up a little bit, and I realize I better not do that. So I turned around. It was so windy. I better jump back to where I came from. And as I jumped, a wind kicked up and blew me when I was in the air, and I missed. I missed. And I was like a ping pong ball going doing, doing, doing all the way down between these big boulders, and I fell like 10 feet down this skinny little ravine. And the first thing I thought of when I'm on the ground, because I have three teenagers, I am so shook right now. I am so shook. I am shook. I am rocked. I don't even know if I'm broken. And I'm sitting there because I fell so far down. I'm like, Lord, am I even in one piece? You stop and think. Have you ever fallen where you got to think before you move just to make sure your hip's still attached or something? It was one of those falls. It was a crazy fall. And then all of a sudden, I just, I said, Lord, help me get out of this right now. I know that was a dumb move. I shouldn't have done it. You know, we regret, Lord, get me out of this and I'll never do it again. And, and so, so the Lord kind of sustained me. I climbed up with a limp and I went back to my safe spot and I've been limping ever since. So, um, <laughs> 
long story to say is sometimes in life we do go through things and we get rocked a little bit. We get knocked around a little bit. We get shaken up, so to speak. And, and in life there's ups and downs and there's things we didn't expect and there's things we run into and there's trials and there's tribulations. And Jesus said, you will have them for sure. You will have them. But the point is, you don't really have to be shaken when you go through this stuff. You can go through things and not be shaken. And the Bible has a lot to say about literally being shaken. I'm talking about shaken to the point where you're not the same again. The Bible says as a believer, as a Christ follower, you can go through stuff in life, trials, tribulations, tests, all kinds of things. You can go through warfare. You can go through all kinds of things and still not be shaken. And today we're going to be talking about an unshakable life. If you have your Bible, it's Matthew chapter 7. It's where we left off last week or on your phone, your device, however you read your word. But Matthew chapter 7, we're going to start in verse 24, and we're going to pick up where we left off last week. And um, today's passage starts with this word, therefore. Everybody say, therefore. Whenever you read a therefore, you got to find out what the therefore is there for. Amen. You got it. It's there for, it's there for something. So, so what came before this, Jesus is finishing up the Sermon on the Mount, the most epic sermon ever taught in human history. Jesus is going to come down off the mountain after these last statements right here. And he's up there teaching the disciples, but also a massive crowd of people. And they're all listening to what he has to say. And he said some pretty amazing things on how we live and how we can have the fullest life here on earth but also in the life to come. And so Jesus is unpacking it, and the last thing that he just taught on is is about a wide road and a narrow road. A wide road and a narrow road. And what he said is the the wide road has like a wide gate, and everyone's just flowing through. They don't even think about it. They just kind of go the direction that everybody else is going. They go through the wide gate, and they go through a wide road, and they don't even check where they're at. They're just kind of going with the flow. And Jesus said the problem with this wide road, he's warning us, is it actually leads to destruction. If you don't know what road you're on, it's likely the wide road, and it leads to destruction. But Jesus invites us to enter a narrow gate. And Jesus is the one, like an on-ramp to a freeway. If you've ever taken a toll road in any other city, they got toll roads. A lot of states have toll roads. Jesus is the one saying, come this way, I'll pay it for you. Do you want to come through my gate? If you want to come through my gate, I will be your gate. This is the way you enter onto the narrow road, and I will pay it for you. That's what grace is all about, Jesus paying something we can never pay on our own. And Jesus, we enter through the narrow gate, and Jesus lets us in. He pays our way. And all of a sudden, we're on this narrow road. And this narrow road leads to life. And one thing he said about this narrow road, that if we're actually on a narrow road, that we have a different lifestyle. Now, here's what's amazing about last week's passage. He said some things that are pretty shaking. He said some things last week that are pretty sobering. And one of the things he said is that there's there's people who think they're on the narrow road, but are not. Now, when Jesus says this, I think everyone stops to listen because you and I go, well, I think I'm on the narrow road. I I think I went through the Jesus gate. And and Jesus goes on with this passage talking about some people who, who would say they went through the Jesus gate, who would say they're on the narrow road, who would say they're on their way to life. And Jesus is saying, Uh, not so quickly. He's like, the ones that are on the narrow road actually have a different lifestyle. He said last week, you will know them by their fruit. The fruit of their life shows what road they're on. No matter what anyone says, the fruit we bear 
reveals the road that we're on. The fruit that we bear reveals the road that we're on, no matter what we say. And this is what he said in Matthew 7, 21. I just want to bring it up because this is our launching point uh, of where we're going today. Jesus said this very sobering statement, uh, and he says this. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. Now, this is interesting because this was a group of people that were saying, oh, Lord, Lord, we're good. We do good things, you know, and uh, apparently they weren't doing good things, but they were saying they were doing good things, and they're using like Bible terminology, oh, Lord, Lord. So they're talking the talk, but they weren't really walking the walk, and Jesus says that not everyone who says that will actually enter the kingdom, only those who do the will of my Father. So it's not so much what people say about Jesus, although that's good. It's really what Jesus says about people. It's not so much what we say about Jesus, what Jesus says about us. Now, here's the deal. If you really did go through the Jesus gate and you really are on the Jesus path, he's gonna say wonderful things about you. But there's a lot of people he's saying that are actually on a wide road, on a wide path, but they say they went through the Jesus gate and they say they're on the narrow road. And Jesus is like, not everyone who says they are is on the road. And he continues on this theme and on this thought. And he says, listen, let me just tell you how to build an unshakable life, a life that will not be shaken. Uh, You'll go through trials in life and you don't have to be shaken completely. You're gonna go through tough things, but it doesn't have to shake the life out of you because some of the trials in life just shake people to a point where they just break under the pressure, they break under load. So it's not just not being shaken in this life and the things we go through, but it's also eternally. He's talking about people building things, some things that will not last and other things that will last. And so that's where we jump into today's passage in Matthew 7, 24, on how to build an unshakable life that can withstand the storms because the storms come, the storms come. There are always gonna be storms and this is how it starts out. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So this starts talking about these these two houses two different houses. Now, houses are something that most people are, it's pretty close to home, wherever you live, whether it's a house, an apartment, a condo. Most people care a lot about their house, care about their home, at least fixing it up and making it the way they like it. It's the place they come after a long day of work. It's where you sleep at night. It's where you have peace. It's where you play your music. It's where you eat your food. Where you have people over your house is something usually close to people's heart where you try to do the best with what you have. And that's why there's so many shows on home improvement to show you what you can do with what you have. So, so many people focus on how they can fix up their home and what they can do with it. And then the problem in this is that there's gonna be these storms coming. And these houses, these homes that people build, these lives that they build, some 
are going to be able to withstand storms, and some simply will not, according to Jesus here. And the problem is, uh, when we go through these storms, and it could be so many different types of storms, it could be the, the loss of a loved one, which is overwhelming and can just rock your world, but at the end, will you be shaken or will you be standing? Jesus said there's a difference. He's going to tell us how to build a life that doesn't have to get wiped out. It doesn't have to get washed away over things that come up. Maybe you're overwhelmed with stresses in life or maybe your finances are in a place where they're overwhelming and you're like, I don't even see the end of the tunnel. All these things that people go through in life rock their world like storms and some people get washed up and some people are still standing strong through the same storms. Maybe it's a marriage where the marriage has gone through some stuffs up and down and all of a sudden it starts to crumble. And is it going to collapse or is it going to stand? Jesus is like, I'll tell you how to build it if you want it to last. But Jesus says, you've got to build it my way. See, you can't build it your own way and still have it last. Jesus is really clear on this. He's like, I know what lasts. I know how I made you better than, I, that better than you know yourselves. And I know what will last. You were made to withstand storms if you do it Jesus' way. He's like, if you build my way, you will be standing strong even though you go through all these storms of life. And, And the passage is talking about storms two ways. We often hear this passage referred to just the troubles and trials in life. That's true. But the main way that Jesus is talking about this It's talking about a final storm that's going to come one day. There's going to be a final storm for everyone. It's the judgment. It's when Jesus returns. He came as a lamb, but he's coming back like a lion. And the context of scripture that he's referring to here is there is going to be an ultimate storm one day. And depending on how you built and what you built and why you built it, it's going to be very revealing and it's either going to stand or or not stand. So the house is, um, he's saying what matters most is not the house, what matters most is how you built your foundation. The house is not what matters most. It's how you built your foundation. And that's something all of us can, can do. How we build our foundation, in fact, that's everything. It's everything. There's a story of a couple who just got married and they moved into their first house. They were so excited. It was a little, cute little bungalow house. They got it all done up and painted the way they want. Everything was cool. Their furniture, everything was dialed in. It was really great. They were loving this. And the couple, after about a month, you know, they, they get up in the morning and they're walking out to have breakfast and they look at their living room wall and they are shocked and they see a big, massive crack in their living room wall. They're like, unbelievable. How did that happen last night? And they're really frustrated. The wife is very upset. And he's like, honey, don't worry. I'm going to handle it. He gets on the phone. He calls a handyman. He says, can you fix my crack? And he says, yes, I will do that. And he gives them an estimate. So they come home. It's all fixed. It's all patched. It's all painted up. Everybody's happy again. And they are just enjoying their house. And about a month later, they come out of the bedroom to have breakfast in the morning. And they look. And sure enough, there is a crack in their wall again, and she is so upset. So he's like, don't, hurt, don't worry, honey, I'll handle it. He calls, the, he calls the handyman. He says, look, I don't know what happened, but it came back. He's like, oh, no problem, I'll fix that. So he fixes the crack, and everything's looking good, but a month later, the crack shows up again, and this time, they're furious. So this time, he goes, I'm not going to call a handyman. I'm going to get the best contractor I can find with the highest referrals, and he finally gets a guy to come out, and he says, look, I need to get an estimate for you to fix this crack in my wall. And the contractor looks at it and says, sir, I cannot fix your crack in the wall. He's like, what do you mean you can't fix the crack in the wall? The handyman just fixed the crack in the wall. And the contractor said, no, the handyman didn't fix the crack in the wall. It's still there. I can't fix the crack in your wall. And he said, why can't you fix the crack in my wall? 
And he said, sir, the, the problem is not the crack in your wall. The problem is with your foundation. You see, your foundation is moving. And as long as your foundation is moving, your walls are always going to crack. And the same is true with you and I. The same is true with our lives. The same is true with everything that you and I build. That if we, we're going to be fixing cracked walls for the rest of our lives if we don't get our foundation right. And this is what Jesus is saying. Stuff's going to come. Walls are going to crack. But if you get the foundation right, if you build the foundation right, then everything becomes unshakable. And so if our foundation isn't right, our walls will always crack. And some people go through life patching their walls. They spend their whole life patching things, trying to fix things, trying to prop things up, when in reality, that's not the problem. That's the periphery stuff. The problem is the foundation. And when you get that right, everything starts to to fall in line. So I want to ask you this morning, what is your foundation built on? Is it built on sand? Sand is, is anything that's not the rock. And there's all kinds of stuff that people throw into their life. You get opinions from friends, you watch things on TV, you see things in the movie, and you throw that all into the mix of your life. It's almost like you're, you're baking a cake and everyone around you is baking a cake. And the only thing is they're throwing in everything, all kinds of ingredients. And Jesus is like, no, I want you to build different. I want you to build organically. I want you to build supernaturally. I want you to use my ingredients. But we're all cooking these cakes and everyone's grabbing everything and throwing it in theirs and pretty soon we start grabbing stuff and throwing it in ours too. And Jesus is like, listen, we're in the world but not of the world. You are the called out ones. By definition, the church, the ecclesia, you are the called out ones. We don't build the way the world builds. We build differently. And and the same is true with our foundation. We gotta start with a different foundation. So we have a graphic up here of a house that was very well intended. You got a visual of it earlier. A house that was built on the sand, okay? Now, here's the problem. When they designed and built this house, they really thought they had something epic, and it was awesome. This thing was probably a smart home with all this cool Wi-Fi and widescreen TVs and everything cool, and somebody was really enjoying this house for a while. They might have got a, you know, five or ten years out of this house on the beach, loving every minute of it, but a storm came. And when the storm came, things started to shift. And the problem is, when things start to shift, the foundation just can't hang anymore. It can't stay strong, built on sand. And that's the context of what Jesus is talking about. A lot of people build on whatever they feel is best. And God is saying, will you build on what I say is best? Because this is your foundation. See, our foundation, when we build on the sand, our foundation is shifting. There's a lot of people that go through life and Um, what they think is true today maybe isn't what they thought was true tomorrow and they might change that from what they think next year. And how many of you know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Okay, he's the way and the truth and the life. He's unchanging. That's the beauty of building on Jesus. But a lot of times people just flavor the week, psychology of the month and whatever it is and you try this and you try that. Everything is shifting. You mean well. You mean well. We all mean well. But we start throwing it into the mix, and as a result, it gets really sandy, and things start to to shift and start to move. Um, Building on sand is not good. It is not good. Our walls start to crack, and things start to fall, and we do our best to patch it up, and it's really because we got too much sand in the mix of our foundation. 
ultimately it will be shook. And most people don't realize when they are building on the sand. They're just doing what everybody else did because the passage before this talks about the wide road and everyone's just kind of going together down this big wide road. No one really thinks about direction. No one thinks about absolute truth. They just kind of roll in with everybody else. And Jesus is like, look, it's a narrow gate, a narrow path, but there is life in this one. This is where the life is at. Life here and now and life eternally. So building on the sand is building on anything that's not the rock. Anything. Anything you throw in the mix. If it's not the rock, Jesus, his words, he's saying. If it's not the rock, then we're building on stuff that's moving. It's shifting. You know, when we build on Jesus, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we build on Jesus, whose words are true. When we build on him, he's got you covered. His words don't move. The word of God, it's live, it's active, And it will not return void, the Bible says, that everything God put the word of God out to do, it will accomplish. Everything the word was written to do, it will be accomplished. So when you build your life on the words of Jesus, it doesn't move. You can count on that, and that's what Jesus is saying. So building on the rock, he says in 724, Matthew 724, this is what the rock is. Everyone who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice, hearing and practicing. Why do we have to stress that? Because in this context that he's sharing to not just a group of disciples, but a whole big crowd, there's a lot of people hearing the words of Jesus, but we're going to find out when they come down from the hill, not everybody hearing is going to practice what he said. The disciples are going to practice, they're going to work on it, and a lot of the crowd, they're just going to hear it and they're going to go away. And the same is true with a lot of people today. There's a lot of people that call themselves Christians But the bottom line, being a Christian is not just knowing about God or even hearing about God's word and being a little familiar with it. That's wonderful. Being a Christian is a Christ follower. It's following and doing what Jesus said. It's following through. So hearing the words and putting them into practice is what it's about. And uh, in fact, we have a graphic for this. I love what James 1.22 says. It says, be doers of God's word, not just hearers of God's word. Uh, James is saying that um, in the New American Standard Version, it says that when we, when we just hear the word and we don't do it, we're actually deceiving ourselves. Like we're acting like, no, it's all good. I, 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 I know what the word says. I, I've heard it, but we don't walk it out. We're, the Bible's saying we're, we're really just kidding ourselves. And, and Jesus is saying the difference of people who are building on sand or rock, no matter what they say, no matter what they've heard, uh, the difference is some are building on the words and putting them in practice, and some may have heard the word, but they're not putting them in practice. So if you're not putting the word in practice, that's, that's sand. That's the qualification for building on sand. And so that's our aim, is to build on solid ground, and Jesus gives us that. I think we have another graphic for a house that is built on a rock, and there's a big difference of that. When you build on something like that, solid rock, it is un shakable. Everything you throw at that house will not take it down because that foundation won't move. See, it wasn't so much about the house. It was really about the foundation. And it's always about the foundation. And what do you set your foundation on? And people go through life, I don't know, I'll put my foundation on psychology. I'll put it on this. I'll put it on whatever. You pick anything you want, entertainment, media. You put it on partying. You put it on popularity. You put your foundation on whatever you want. If it's not on the rock, it's moving. It's shifting. And we're just off course. And, and when things start to shake, Jesus said those kind of houses don't stand because the foundation isn't strong enough. 
It isn't strong enough. When we build on the rock, okay, when we build on the rock, that's the foundation built on God's truth. We may get stirred, but you won't get shaken. And the Bible says it has a lot to say about uh, things moving in your life, but you not being shaken, even though everything around you is, seems out of order or chaotic or coming against you. The Bible says you don't have to be shaken. It says it over and over again. We're going to look at some scriptures in a minute that say God doesn't want you to be shaken in the midst of things going on around you. He doesn't want your foundation moved when things go on around you. Storms will not destroy you. So if you're a note taker, the first point this morning is this, is that to build an unshakable life, to build an unshakable life, we, we hear the word, we believe it, but we also practice it. And that's what Jesus is saying, because I think there's a lot of people who would say, well, I've heard it and I do believe, but they're not practicing anything. And I think that's why Jesus is saying in that end day, people are going to say, Lord, Lord, and he's going to say, I wasn't. We never hung out together. We were never intimate. I didn't know you. We, you, didn't really, you didn't meet with me. We didn't really pray. There was no, we didn't have any relationship. But some people hear, they hear, and they understand the basic point of Scripture, but they never really followed Jesus. They never really walked with him. And, and so to build an unshakable life, you've got to hear, believe, and practice the word. That's, that's an important decision. And my experience is that it's not just a one-time decision that you hear and believe and practice the word. I don't know about you, but that's an everyday decision for me, right? You gotta get up every day and choose. Every day you wake up, you gotta choose to hear and believe and practice the word. Just because you said yes to Jesus a long time ago doesn't mean you don't, we don't get up one day and start going our own way. We have to get up every day and choose to believe and to hear and to practice uh, the word. Um, because every day we can get up, even though we love God, and that's our principle, and that's why we're here today, and that's why we're worshiping today. But every day we can get up, and we could choose certain areas of our life to either build on sand or build on rock. Every day, your arts, whatever you pursue, your family, your goals, your career, you can get up every day and make a choice whether you're gonna build on sand or you're gonna build on rock. Whatever your pursuits are, and uh, all areas of life. So here's one thing we want to do, guys. If you want to build all areas of your life on the rock, I have a few things just to note right here that you might want to consider. If you want to build on the rock, be in the word daily. I mean, literally be in the word. I mean, there's no excuse now. We're running late. You can pop, put the Bible app on your phone. Our church app has the Bible app inside of it. If you don't have the church app, download it. But you have that. You got the Bible. You can put it on audio. You could be driving to work and put that on. I do that with my kids in the morning. I'm taking them to school, and we go, okay, pause, guys. We're going to listen to, uh, say, a proverb, a proverb every day. There's, you know, 31 uh, proverbs, and there's 30... 31 days of the week, so we're going to pop on a proverb, and we're going to listen to the wisdom of God on the way in, and we listen to it, and then we, when it's over, we say, what did you hear? What stood out to you? And it's a great way to try to get my kids in the Word, but I need to be in the Word too, so I want to encourage you, get in the Word. Whether you wake up and read your Bible or have your coffee with your Word in the morning, that's wonderful, but no matter what it is, put it on your phone, listen to it, but get in the Word, and here's why. Because as you're building your day, you can build your day on sand or you can build your day on the rock. And pretty soon there's conversation, there's other things, everything is getting thrown your way and pretty soon that's all getting into the mix of how you build your day. And if you start with the word of God, you know you're just gonna build in a completely different way 
if you build on the word. That's what Jesus is saying. So, so be in the word daily. Another one is this, guys. Be in fellowship regularly. Be in fellowship regularly. The Bible says don't forsake the gathering. Uh, the, one of the most common um, misconceptions of the Christian faith today, at least my observation, is that people really sincerely believe that it's just about me and God. I don't need religion. I don't need any group. I don't need any, I, I just, just me and God. And that's kind of choosing to be an orphan. That's choosing to be out of the family of God and try to do things solo. The Bible says the opposite is true. The Bible says do not forsake the gathering. It said the early church, which was a revival generation, was committed not only to the word daily, but to the gathering and the fellowship, to be around other believers. So I want to encourage you to be around other believers. I don't know about you, but when I'm around other believers, they fire me up. They kind of get me fired. They help me with my aim. And I can tell when I'm around others, I get to help them with their aim. And there's something about our whole life, how we build better, we build on the rock when we're around other believers. Uh, That is God's plan for you, to be in fellowship to honor the Sabbath, to gather on a Sunday, whether you're gathering on a Wednesday, whether you're gathering in a, in a group, in a home of committed believers, whatever that is, it's wonderful, but fellowship regularly is part of building on the rock, and that's what the Word says. Here's another area where people really get shaken up, is finances. So many people get shaken over finances. Their finances are upside down, and they're losing it, and stressed, and kind of freaking out, and uh, I get it. I get it because we live in a, uh, a society where it's a capitalistic society and things um, deride much on uh, money and buying and selling and paying rents and mortgages and whatever else you got to pay. I, I understand the tension and the pressure of money. The Bible has a whole lot to say about money and what we do with it, uh, but I will say this. I can promise you this because God promises you this. So I'm going to tell you what God promises you. And he says that if you put him first in this area, in this area, you won't be shaken. In any area where you do put God first, that's an area where you won't be shaken, in that area. So it's not just the general idea that in life I want to put you first, God. No, it's like what areas in my life am I not putting God first? Uh, is it the way I'm raising my kids? Is it the way I'm pursuing my art, my career? Is it the way I'm... We've got to look at all of our areas, and, and one of them is finance, because I see people so shaken over finance, and, and, and my heart breaks. I've shared things in confidence of what the Word says. I encourage, I try to help people sometimes with a little better decision-making and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, I really think as important as decisions are, we want the favor of God on our finances. We want the blessing of God on our finances. I don't know, do you want God to bless your finances or do you want to go, no, don't bless my finances, I'm good on my own. How many would take the blessing? Okay, take the blessing, absolutely take the blessing. But, but to take the blessing on a marriage, we got to do the marriage God's way. Uh, to take the blessing on a job or something that you're going to launch, you got to do it God's way. And to take the blessing on finance, you got to do it God's way. And so I would encourage you, if that's your area of struggle where you're getting shaken in your finances, put God first and see what he will do. That's scriptural. It's all throughout scripture. I'm not going to elaborate more than that other than to say, if you don't, you may find yourself with an ongoing shake in that area, any area. Same with the marriage. Maybe the marriage was built a little sandy, <laughs> Maybe the marriage, not with a girl named Sandy, it was built on a sandy foundation. Maybe it wasn't built on the rock. Maybe just all of a sudden things went this way, and before you know it, you're going down the road, and the marriage is, was the marriage built on the rock? 
you can start building it now if it wasn't. That's the beauty of God's kingdom. Even if it wasn't, you can start now. And so marriages start going this way, and they start getting wobbly with pressures and things going up and down. And it's like, was the marriage built on the rock or not? What is the foundation? If you're married today, check your foundation. If you're married, check your foundation. What kind of foundation do you have? Again, it's not so much about the house that's irrelevant if you don't have the foundation right. And according to the word of God, if you're married, some key parts of your foundation, if you're going to build it on on the rock of, of Jesus, is forgiveness. Many couples, they forgive and they forgive and then one day they say, that's it. I'm not forgiven anymore. And when anybody takes an off-ramp out of a marriage, it's because at some point they stop forgiving. That's what happens. No matter what the issues, someday they stop forgiving. Jesus said, freely you've been given, freely give. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. You have to forgive. Forgiveness is not an option if you're a believer. If you're a Christ follower, forgiveness is not an option. It's required. So in a marriage How's your foundation in the forgiveness? Are you fully forgiving? Are you really forgiving? Because you've got to forgive. Because if you don't, you just threw a bunch of sand into your slab. You threw a bunch of slab into your foundation. Guess what? It's going to start slipping. It's going to start sliding. You've got to forgive. Uh, another one is serve each other. Serve each other. Sometimes in a marriage, you have one spouse serving the other, and the other spouse, we've got to mutually serve one another. There's so many one another's in the Bible, and they all apply to marriage as well. You've got to serve one another. You've got to try to outserve each other. That's the heart of Jesus in a, in a marriage. And some people stop forgiving. Some people stop serving. And when you do that, you throw in buckets of sand into your foundation, and things start moving. Another one I'll just say is intimacy. Intimacy. When I talk to couples and, and do marriage counseling, uh, you know, intimacy, sometimes it stops along the way. Uh, The devil will do everything he can to get people to be sexually intimate before they're married. Then he will do everything he can to keep people from being sexually intimate while they are married. You got to know that's the deception of the enemy. But when you hear God's word, what he says, he wants couples to be consumed with one another. And he's very clear about that in scripture, that we should have a profound intimacy in the marriage. And that's another one. So when people say, I'm not going to be intimate, and that's where people just decide this one day. I don't like what this one's doing. I don't like this. So therefore, boom, as soon as you do that, you take buckets of sand and you throw it into your marriage, and you wonder why everything's slipping and sliding and moving all over and starting to crack. So this is important, guys. Any area of our life that we build on the rock, God can bless. Any area of our life that we build on the sand, it's going to shift and move. Maybe you have kids. You want to raise your kids on the rock. Here's one thing you do. Don't necessarily do what everybody else is doing. Everyone around you is raising their kids their own way. Is it the rock or not? A lot of people are on the wide road. They're doing it a different way. You don't got to raise your kids the way everybody else is raising their kids. What would Jesus say about the things we do? Do we parent out of convenience or do we parent with purpose? If you have kids, think about that. Is that an area of your life where you're building on the rock? So there's so many areas of our life that we can look at. Am I building on sand? Am I throwing buckets of sand into the mix? You know, we got some concrete in our backyard years ago. Somebody poured a lot of concrete at our house. And I noticed there's a whole section where like it, it, it like literally came apart, not cracked, but literally the whole top layer came apart and got all weird. And I was asking somebody, I go, how did the concrete get like that? And they told me, oh, they threw way too much sand into it. Hmm, too much sand does that, huh? Yep. 
The concrete won't even stay together with you. The whole top layer starts to fall apart with too much sand. And in our lives, we can build throwing sand into the mix or saying, you know what? I'm going to be doers of the word because Jesus said if I hear his words and put them into the practice, that's the wise man, wise woman who built her house on the rock. This is really important, guys. You know, Christy and I, we go through our storms in life. We have our share. We have five kids, three teenagers, one special needs child, uh, you know, pastoring, doing ministry all the time. We have our shares of ups and downs. One thing we came the other day, it was pretty baffling. Our little guy, uh, Micah, has special needs. You know, some of you know Micah, but he uh, is stiff. His uh, symptoms are under the umbrella of CP, cerebral palsy. And so, um, you know, he really needs his physical therapy. Otherwise, he goes in reverse very quickly. He atrophies quickly and gets skinny quickly. We've seen this before. So we went to a school meeting with the, with the school district, and the school district said, uh, the lady at the school district, the physical therapist said, um, your son will never get better, and your son is in a category where there's a decline that happens from this stage forward, and your son, even if he's in the top 10% of everybody in his spectrum, he's going to do this, so I'm taking away the physical therapy. And we're like, oh, no, please don't do that. That's wrong. That's, don't, don't. Nope, I'm taking it away. So we go home, and we're a little bummed about that. And then about a month later, we get a lawsuit in the mail from the school district, and we're being sued because we didn't sign to agree to take away his, his services. And we're, ba- we're like, what, what is this stuff? What, what are we going to do? Like, we, we didn't ask for this. Somebody, don't rip off our little guy. You know, don't, don't rip him off. Come on, guys, let's do the right thing here. So we find ourselves downtown with a bunch of lawyers, and we're getting sued in there because we're not signing this, this thing. And we're like, there's storms, there's ups and downs, but what are you going to do when this stuff comes? How are you going to act? How are you going to, are you going to respond throwing a bunch of sand in? Or are you going to look at the word and say, Lord, what's my place in this? What do I do? I don't want to just hear your word. I want to do your word. This is, we have a choice every day, guys, to do the word or to not do the word. Do it the world's way, throw a bucket of sand into the mix, or say, God says it this way, that's rock solid, I gotta do it that way. Whether it's your art, whether it's your talent, whether it's your music, whether it's your career, whether it's your business plan, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your parenting, no matter what it is, this is a spiritual law that applies um, all the time. So we gotta try to build on the rock. And so there's a daily choice for that. Last few scriptures I want to put up right here just so you can see. Uh, The first one I just want to tell you about is there's a parallel passage to exactly what he's saying right here in Luke. Same passage in Luke. And it says this in Luke 6.48. It says, the storms come and you won't be shaken. You won't be shaken if you build on the rock. When the storms come, you won't be shaken. The other word used in Greek for that is you won't be moved. You won't be disturbed you won't be unsettled. Yes, they're going to come, but you don't have to be unsettled and disturbed and moved and shaken when they come. It says this in 1 Thessalonians 3.3, talking about all the troubles and trials we have in life. It says this, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you are going through, but you know that we are destined for such troubles. In other words, as a believer, you're going to have stuff in your life that's going to rattle all around you. There's going to be ups and downs, but you don't have to be shaken. The passage is saying the prayer is to keep you. God wants to keep you from being shaken. You don't have to be shaken, even though there's storms and waves are crashing around and rain's coming down and wind's coming. That's gonna ha- you don't have to be unsettled. You don't have to be disturbed. You don't have to be moved. Acts 20, 24, Paul's talking about all kinds of stuff that he's been through, and you know what he says? None of these things, they don't move me. 
I'm good. They don't, yeah, they, they're bad. All this stuff came my way, and I got shipwrecked and left for death. But you know what? In here, I'm not going to let it move me. And it's like, wow, Paul, you've been through all that, and you're not unsettled and shaken and beat up. And he's like, no, I've been through all kinds of stuff on the outside. Believe me. But I'm standing on the rock. I'm not going to be moved. And that's what he's saying to do, to not be moved. Psalm 16, 8. I love this one. It says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. This is a proclamation from the Old Testament to the New Testament about being shaken, about being disrupted, about being unsettled. And whether you will or whether I will or not depends on, are we building on sand? Are we building on the words of Jesus? The words of Jesus don't move. And if you're standing on those, you don't move either. And that's the whole principle. Standing on the word doesn't move. You won't be shaken. You won't be shaken. The last one is Psalm 62, 6. It says, truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. God doesn't want you to be shaken. Storms are going to come. He doesn't want you to be shaken. Your heavenly father loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much more than you know. He doesn't want you shaken. He doesn't want you all flipped out and stressed out and loaded with anxiety. It's not his heart. It's not his heart. The Father doesn't want you taking on loads and burdens and struggles. There's stuff around you, yes. Keep your eyes on him, and he, keep, you know, he will keep in perfect peace. She whose mind is stayed on him, he whose mind is stayed, he will keep in perfect peace. So while this stuff is going on on the periphery, you don't have to be shaken. Other people around you might be, but they're standing on sand. I, I, my heart breaks for people, but if they don't stand on, if they want to stand on sand, it's going to keep moving. But you, you get off the wide road and you come on the narrow path and you, you stand on the rock. And when you're standing on the rock, you don't have to be shaken when you go through the same kind of stuff in life. That's what this scripture is saying. And the very last thing Jesus said in this passage, and this would be great if the worship team comes up. In our passage in Matthew 7, the last things he said, it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things on the Sermon on the Mount, it's an amazing sermon. It's the very last things he said. When he finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So the crowds were amazed at Jesus. And this is where I want to leave us today. The crowds were, the disciples already believed and followed Jesus. And they were taking this in going, oh, that's good. That's good, Jesus. Oh, that's rich. That's good, All right? But the crowds... The crowds are important to Jesus. They weren't really the followers yet. They were spectators. They were crowds. Crowds are different. They're not Christ followers. They're spectators. They're, they're getting a little taste to see what it's about. But they realized, they sensed the spiritual authority in Jesus. That's what they sensed. And when you speak the word of God, when you speak the word of God, you also speak with a profound authority. God's words are stronger than ours. When you speak God's word, the Bible says, speak as one, speak in the very oracles of God. Speak the word, not in a bad way, in a loving, in an encouraging way, in a calling out way. When you speak the words of God, you too begin to essentially prophesy. You begin to speak. There is power and there is authority in your words when you speak the word of God. This is important to know because God cares for the crowds too. He cares about your foundation and he cares about what you're building but he also cares for everybody around you. He cares for your family members who are not building on the rock. He cares for your neighbors. He cares for your coworkers. He cares for the city. There's many people that are not building on the rock. He cares about their foundation too. The Lord cares much. The Lord loves them and cares about their foundation. And so our last point this morning 
is to speak the word and give life so that others will not be shaken too because this is not just about you being shaken. It's about others not being shaken. And what Jesus said, you know, his first words that he said to his disciples is follow me and I'm gonna make you into something that you're not. So as you follow Jesus, he begins to make you into something that you're not. And his last words were, now go make disciples. But guess what? You're not going alone. I will be with you always. All authority, Jesus said, all authority. Think about this. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me and I'm gonna be with you always, so go. So when these disciples come down from the mountain and understand Jesus doing this with the crowd, that they were downloading all this stuff going, oh, I get where we're going here, Jesus. There's authority in your word. You care about other people's foundations too. And in a couple of years, these guys started stepping out. In fact, in our next chapter, we're gonna see that these guys start going on their first trips, getting out of their comfort zones and going out and sharing the kingdom of God with people they've never met before. I just wanna encourage you guys, the Lord is calling many of you, you're looking for something and you're not sure what it is but you're looking for breakthrough. You're looking for spiritual breakthrough and you don't know where it's gonna come from. You don't know. You don't, God didn't give you a word. You don't have a clarity and understanding, but you know you need the next level. The current level isn't good enough. Yesterday's faith was fine for yesterday, but it's not fine for tomorrow. He's taking you to higher places. We're living in times that are unprecedented. We're living in times where you need the power of God in your life like you've never really needed it before. And he's taking you to places that you've never been before. And because he's taking you to places you've never been before, you're going to have to do some things you've never done before. If you want to start walking with Jesus intimately, close, you're going to have to start walking a little different. One of the ways God's going to show you next steps is to trust what he says. Literally trust as Peter got out of the boat and says, if you said it, I know it looks like water. <laughs> I know it looks like it's sinking, but if you said it, Jesus... Let me see if I can stand on it. And he stood on it. And he started walking on water because he was walking on the word of God, the promises of God. Some of you guys, this happens to all of us, our faith becomes very personal. It's me and God, me and God. My prayer, my needs, that's great. That's one level. But God's asking you to level up. He's asking you to step higher. He's asking you to come higher and taste and see the things of the kingdom that you haven't seen before. And you're gonna taste and see those when you start trusting God at his word and stepping out of a boat. You gotta get out of a boat. You gotta step out to see. And I believe this opportunity we have with Love LA to step out of a boat and to say, God, I wanna stand in your presence and be filled. I wanna pray. I wanna commune with you. And from that place, it's not just me and you anymore, God. You care about their foundation too. You care about their future. You love the whole world, not just me. So now I'm gonna step out on your word. You said all authority's been given to you and that you're gonna be with me always. I've never trusted you on this one, God. Some of you have never done this. It's time to step out with the authority of Jesus and watch what he does because when you do, you will never be the same again. Some of you are, you're kind of in a place where the faith hasn't leveled up in your life. You've kind of been at the same plateau for a very long time. I get it. We all hit these plateaus, but I'm telling you, you can't stay there. God's calling you higher. And you find that when you step into trusting him, stepping out of comfort zones, walking with Jesus where you've never walked before. He's going to show you great and mighty things that you know not of. And I just want to encourage you, jump into the training. 
join us to hit the street, to worship God, to go public, your faith is going to get ratcheted up a lot of levels because you're going to go, wow, I really did trust God. His word really is true. I really did go out and stand on it. And God really did show up and change lives before my very eyes. Wow. What do I do with that? You walk on a whole new level. That's what you do. So I just want to close in prayer, asking God to seal some of these things in our heart this morning. Uh, Mighty God, we love you and we thank you for your word and the power of it, Lord God. I just pray for all of us this morning that you would, you would take us higher, God, that you would show us how to build. And, and Lord, if we're building any area of our life that's sand, any area, it could be a marriage, Lord, it could be a job, it could be any area that we're throwing sand in the mix, even though we didn't mean to throw it in, we still threw it in. And the way we threw it in is we didn't do it based on your word. We built things that were not on your word. We didn't even think about it, Lord. It was a mistake. It was an accident. It was sloppy. It was what it was, but it's not what it needs to be. And God, we want to pray this morning that you would remove the sand from these equations. And from this day forward, we're going to start building on the rock. If that's you this morning, would you just stand with me? If there's any area of your life that you want to have God take some of the sand out of the mix on any foundation of anything in your life and start building on the rock of the word, just agree with me and in prayer. I'm standing as well this morning on this. So Father God, we pray you see your sons and your daughters. And we say, Lord, sand got in the mix somehow. We don't want it. We don't like it, but it's in the mix. And maybe we weren't so intentional, as intentional as we should have been. But Lord, from this day forward, we want to be hearing hearing your word and doing your word. If you say it, we're going to stand on it, God. And it doesn't matter what my neighbor's doing. It doesn't matter what my family's doing. I'm going to stand on the word. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're going to build on solid ground. Storms are going to come and we will not be shaken because you said that we won't, God. But it's not just us. It's people around us and they will be shaken, Lord. So help me, help everyone in this room to step out and to love and to prophesy from a place of a solid foundation. When everyone else's house gets shaken, they're going to run to the house that's standing. Let us be the ones that can give life. That's your heart. That's your will. That's your desire. Let us be those kinds of sons and daughters, not the ones that are just coping with life that are waiting for you to come back, the ones that are living victorious from glory to glory and winning people and seeing your power right before our eyes. That's what you made us for. Let us be those kind of sons and daughters. So thank you for that, God. Let it be a new day where we build on the rock. Every little area, every little area of our life going, nope, It's time for the rock in that area. No more sand. We take out our brooms and start sweeping the sand away. Take out the blower. Start blowing out the sand. Your Holy Spirit will reveal all the sand in our lives. We'll blow it out. We'll get out the blowers. We'll get out the brooms, Lord. We'll get the sand out of the foundation. And you're going to start building something that we've never even encountered before. And we thank you for it, God. Be glorified in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit us at valleymetrochurch.com.